the theme of standing in the gap. And we've been looking at how when you and I choose to stand in the gap, it, it opens up the opportunity and the reality of us then being able to experience God's favor. We notice that when there is no one standing in the gap, there will be the release of fury. God said that in Ezekiel 22:31. But when there is someone that stands in the gap in intercession, someone that is willing to call on God on behalf of the land, God says that He will then extend mercy. He will extend His favor. So that's why we are focusing on this theme of standing in the gap. Because how many of you know that God still loves the United States of America? God still has a hope and a future that He wants to fulfill in your life and in our ministry as well as in our families. God still desires to do great things. And I believe it. And so we've been focusing on standing in the gap. And I want to thank you that are here, but also those of you that are checking in. Would you say thank you to Oceanside for checking in? Hallelujah. Fresno's in the house as well. Thank you guys that are watching through live stream. There's people from Dinuba. There's people from the OC. Orange Cove. You thought I meant Orange County. There's people from Cutler Rossi that are watching. Visalia. All those that are watching from Sultana. Or as we say, Sulta. But everyone, thank you that are tuning in. We appreciate you joining us today. And again, those of you that are here, what a way to begin your week in the house of the Lord. Amen? Well, there's a story of a man who took a seat on an airplane next to a beautiful woman. After some small talk, he asked her, What do you look for in a man? She instantly replied, I like someone who can think on his feet and be swift like an American Indian. She thought for a second and then said, I also appreciate men who have made a lot of money. Many Jewish men I've met are great businessmen. After a moment, she added, But I also like cowboys who drive pickup trucks with a gun rack in the back. She paused and then turned to the man and asked him, By the way, What's your name? He looked in her eye and answered, My name is Geronimo Goldstein, but my friends call me Bubba. <laughs> Can I tell you something? There is only truly one who fits the whole bill, and that's the Lord. He's the only one who can be everything we need and everything that we long for. Only the Lord is the perfect one. Only the Lord. And that's why we need to call on Him. That's why He encourages us to stand in the gap. Because then He can reveal and demonstrate that He is everything that we need in our lives. Now, we're looking at Ezekiel 22 and verse 30. And I'm reading out of the New King James. It reads, So I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. 
through this series, we noted that the Hebrew word for stand, amad, it speaks of being postured into a withstanding, a resistant pose, determined to endure and hold one's ground no matter what forces attempt to enter the land. We need to understand that standing in the gap requires resiliency. It requires a made-up mind that in spite of the fact that there are cracks, there are gaps in the wall that lead to my dwelling, my inheritance, I will not allow the enemy to have access into those places because I'm determined to stand in the midst of the gap and resist him. Because the word reveals that if we resist the devil, he's the one that will turn, tuck and tear his tail in and run from us. You and I, when we decide we are going to stand in the gap, we will experience victory over the enemy. But we've got to have that mindset that I'm going to take the posture. I'm going to resist the enemy's attempts to come and take what God has given to me. Now this morning, I want to encourage you who are parents and who have children who are away from the Lord. What I'm sharing today is from a biblical passage found in the Old Testament that I've used in standing in the gap for my own children. It's found in the Old Testament book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 15 through 17. It reads in Jeremiah 31, 15 through 17, Thus says the Lord, A voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation and bitter weeping, Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted for her children, because they are no more. Thus says the Lord, Refrain your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears. For your work shall be rewarded, says the Lord. And they shall come back from the land of the enemy. There is hope in your future, says the Lord, that your children will come back to their own border. I want to point out two things this passage reveals. But before I do, I want to say to every parent, who has a child or children who have rebelled against the ways of the Lord and have strayed from Him. Whether you're here or you're watching on live stream, let me be clear today, parents, if you have a child who or children who are away from the Lord at this time, God understands what you're dealing with. In fact, much of the Old Testament is the story of God's children's strength. He knows our heartaches. If you look at the Old Testament, time and time again, God had to deal with disobedience. God had to deal with unfaithfulness. God had to deal with His children going astray. But when you study the Old Testament, you also see the Father heart of God. He was determined to keep going after them because of His heart 
which His heart is to reconcile. His heart is to restore. So don't feel like you're the only one who is dealing with a wayward child. God has dealt with wayward children. But God is also committed to restore. God is also committed to reconcile. God is committed to bring back. And He will go to the very end of the earth to reach out to that wayward child. That's His heart. That's His longing. God understands our heartache when we see our children going away from His path. God is also committed, and we see it in this passage, to remind us that He will not leave us without hope when we're dealing with children who have gone astray. Here here are the two things that this passage reveals. First of all, God promises to reward your work. To every parent that is here within the sound of my voice in this building, and those of you that are watching on live stream, let me say it clearly. God promises to reward your work. Look again at Jeremiah 31, 16. Thus says the Lord, Refrain your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears, for your work shall be rewarded, says the Lord. Did you get that? God says your work shall be rewarded, says the Lord. You need to understand, parent, that all that you have done in obedience to God, God is going to honor because you made a choice to honor Him. God says in His Word that He will honor those who honor Him. God is faithful. And so today, I want to say to those of you parents that have been faithful to reading the Word, to praying the Word, to calling on the name of the Lord, God has recorded every one of those times when out of the sincerity of your heart and a longing to pursue Him and to draw close to Him, you have sought Him. You have gone to His Word. You have taken time out to seek Him through prayer and through worship. That has been your time of sowing. And here's what you need to know. That the God who promises that your work shall be rewarded is the one that says, Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Child of God, parent of a wayward child, every time you have called on the Lord, every time you've gone to His Word out of obedience and out of a longing to see His will done, it has been a seed planted. And you need to know that that seed planted is not going to stay underneath the earth. It's going to sprout. It's going to spring up. It's going to bring forth fruit because God says, whatever you sow, you shall reap. There is a scripture in the Old Testament that is often spoken over parents or to parents. It's in Proverbs 22 and verse 6. Familiar to some of you. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Interestingly, at the root of the original word for train in the Hebrew language, it was used in relation to a pallet. 
the palate in the mouth or to put something into the mouth to give, to be tasted. It was use of a parent that would dip the date into a sweet sauce and then take that date that had been dipped in a sweet sauce and placed into the mouth of the child of the infant to prepare that child to get used to exercising the sucking motion with its mouth and to open up the appetite in that child for taste. Well, you need to understand what God is saying to you, parent, is that you are the key. You are the key. You're walking with the Lord. Your commitment to the Lord. It is the key to creating in your child the taste for the things of the Lord. So I want to say to you parents who are coming faithfully to God's house and there in your house are taking time to make sure in the times of trial to keep your worship on. To those parents that rise earlier than usual in order to make sure you spend time in God's Word. To you parents that take the time to seek God regularly and your children see you that regardless of what's going on in your home, you are diligent, you are faithful, you are disciplined to seek the Lord. I want you to I want you to understand, parent, that your labor in doing those things is not in vain. And also, that as you do that, you are creating in your children the taste for the things of the, the Lord through your example. So do not give up. Do not get discouraged. Your work shall be rewarded. Hallelujah. Peter. Peter put it this way in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 2 and 3 in the Passion Translation. In the same way that nursing infants cry for milk, you must intensely crave the spiritual milk of God's Word. For this milk will cause you to grow into maturity, fully nourished and strong for life, especially now that you have had a taste of the goodness of the Lord Jehovah And I've experienced His kindness through you and I being diligent in going to God's Word because of a hunger to grow up in maturity and experience the fullness of His goodness in our lives. Through that act, through that commitment, God will see to it that our children begin to acquire a taste for the things of the Lord. Your work shall be rewarded. Parents, loved ones of unsaved loved ones, your work shall be rewarded. What did God say to Jeremiah? He said, and your eyes from tears. He told them, you don't need to be crying anymore. Why? Because He's a God who responds to the cries of His people. Watch this. In Psalm 126, verses 5 and 6, it says, Those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. They weep as they go to plant their seed, but they sing As they return with the harvest. I love what Dutch Sheets points out. Dutch Sheets, a good good, solid Bible teacher 
on intercession. He points out our tears are called seeds in these verses. In other words, God uses them to produce a harvest. The word for seed, zerah in Hebrew, means not only seed or crop, but also offspring, progeny, or family. In essence, God's word is revealing that God uses our tear seeds to bring forth his family. When we weep in intercession for our family, the prayer seeds, the zera we are sowing, will grow into a family harvest. Woo! In other words, the seeds of intercession you sow will grow into saved children, saved spouses, saved parents, saved uncles, saved aunties, saved cousins. Oh, when you sow those seeds, you need to know that every tear that you shed is a seed sown. And the Bible reveals, then Psalms, it reveals that God takes our tears and He places them in a bottle. And He records, because as Charles Spurgeon, an old English preacher used to say, tears are liquid prayer. I want you to understand, your tears for your children have not dropped on, infer- on ground that is unfertile. No, the ground that your tears have fallen on is fertile ground. And God is saying to you parents, to you loved ones, to you that are committed to pray for your unsaved loved ones, God is saying, I'm going to turn your weeping season into your reaping season. You're going to see that I am truly the God who rewards those who cry out to me. CWC Life Family, Friends. When you look at the Bible and you study it, what you'll discover is that God has always desired to bring about household salvation. Let me say that again. God has always desired to bring about household salvation. Look at the first invitation given in the Bible. In Genesis chapter 7 verse 1. Then the Lord said to Noah, come into the ark. You and who? All your household. Because I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. Right from the very beginning of the Bible. God lets it be known. That he, his will is not to save a man alone, but all his house. What was Noah's response to this offered privilege? We see it in Hebrews eleven seven. By faith, Noah prepared an ark to the saving of his house. Noah believed God would give him his family, including his three daughter-in-laws. As proof of his faith, he prepared an ark with room for all his family. And what was God's response to Noah's faith? God gave him every 
member of his family. For the scripture says, for eight souls were saved through the flood. Ah, I love it when you pray with a heart that truly longs to see all your household saved. God will not only save your in-laws, he'll save your outlaws too. And then look at the Passover in Exodus chapter 12. A divine illustration of faith for a family. God saved Israel that night by families. God saved Israel that night by families. The father was to take a lamb for a house and sprinkle the blood on the door. And because of his faith, the whole family was saved. God over and over again reveals that He didn't just intend to save individuals. His heart, His longing was and is to save entire household. Look at Rahab in Joshua 2. She's another example of family salvation. In Joshua 2, she lived on the wall of the doomed city of Jericho. When the fall of the city wall and the city was imminent, she was given a promise of salvation. But Rahab did not want to be saved alone. She said to the two spies that she helped protect who had come to spy out Jericho, she said to them in Joshua 2 verses 12 and 13, Now therefore, I beg you, swear to me by the Lord, since I have shown you kindness, to my father's house and give me that you also will show kindness to my father's house watch this and give me a true token and spare my father my mother my brothers my sisters and all that they have and deliver our lives from death and what did God do about that what was his response to her believing prayer just what God will do for us today God gave Rahab just what she went after. The Bible tells us in Joshua 6.25, and Joshua spared Rahab the harlot, her father's household, and all that she had. I double dog dare you today to pray for every family member that you can think of that needs Jesus in their life. Because God reveals in His Word that the blood of Jesus was shed for every tongue, every tribe, every nation. And that includes every member of your household. He is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think according to His power that is at work in us. So I want you to serve notice on the devil. I'm standing in the gap, not just for my immediate household. I'm standing in the gap for my extended family. Because I realize that the blood of Jesus is powerful to save them all. We could only recognize that it is the will of God to save our whole household. It is not God's will that any should perish. God is pledged to answer believing prayer. And if we will wait before God in prayer, asking Him to give us faith enough to claim our family salvation, then God by His Spirit will give us the assurance of their salvation. From the moment we will pray 
not with worrying, but with thanksgiving. Because God answers believing prayer. So God promises that your work shall be rewarded. And then God promises to return your children. God promises to return your children. Look what he says there in Jeremiah 31, 16 and 17. Thus says the Lord, refrain your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears. For your work shall be rewarded, says the Lord. And they, who's they? Your children. They shall come back from the land of the enemy. There is hope in your future, says the Lord, that your children shall come back to their own border. In context, God was saying, I'm going to take your wayward children, Israel, my covenant people. I'm going to take them and I'm going to bring them back to their land, which was their God-appointed and assigned inheritance. Watch this. When their children left, when their children were led astray of their own doing because of their rebellion and unfaithfulness, wherever they landed, they ended up like the prodigal son. They ended up wasting away. They ended up with empty hands. But God says, I'm going to take those children that are going to be in a condition where they're going to be lacking. I'm going to take those children that are going to be in a condition where their hands are empty because they have wasted away through bad choices, through rebellion, through disobedience. I'm going to take those children and I'm going to bring them back to the land of inheritance. So where there was lacking, now they're going to have supply. Where there was emptiness, now they're going to have fullness. That's our God. He is not only one who returns children, He restores them and then He replenishes them and then He gives them empty hands, their empty hands, fullness of life. Woo! Hallelujah! Your children right now may be busted and disgusted messed up from the floor up. But I'm going to tell you, when God returns them, He is going to transform their condition because that's who He is. Jesus made it clear. It's the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. Woo! God is going to bring your children back. There's going to come that moment that that loved one that is far away at a far land away from God, wasting their lives. God is going to bring to their consciousness the, uh, the reality. The best place for you to be is not out here in the pigsty, in the pig's pen. You can always go back to the Father's house because with arms wide open, He will pardon you. He will reconcile you. He will restore you. He will replenish you. He will have mercy on you. He will forgive you. what God promises. For you parents of wayward children, here's another promise. In Isaiah 54, 13, 
All your children shall be taught by the Lord. And great shall be the peace, the shalom of your children. Great shall be the peace, the shalom of your children. God is saying, I'm going to take your children from brokenness to wholeness. I'm going to take them from being in a condition where their life is shattered in pieces. And I'm going to bring them to a state of complete peace, wholeness. I'm going to take their pieces and create a masterpiece. Shalom. With nothing missing. Nothing broken. Because that's what he does. Woo! God is able to save. Do I have anybody here that would say, Pastor, I'm here today because of a parent who wouldn't stop praying for me. I'm a living testimony. Parents' prayers matter. History records in the 5th century that a Christian mother went to the Bishop of Milan and employed him with tears to speak to her prodigal son. The bishop marked her tears and with prophetic insight said, it is impossible that the child of such prayers could ever be lost. That mother was Monica and her son, the saintly Augustine, converted to God by the faith of a mother who would not let God go. She gave God no rest day or night until her boy was saved. Catherine Booth, the wife of the founder of the Salvation Army, William Booth, is reported to have prayed, Oh God, I will not stand before Thee without all my children. She was actually not willing to be saved without them. What was God's answer to such passionate pleading and faith? Every one of them was saved and became a preacher of the gospel. God is into saving households, not just individuals. So my question today is who who will stand in the gap for their unsaved loved ones? Who will stand in the gap for their unsaved children? Who will take that defensive, resistant posture that serves notice on the devil? There may be a gap, but you're not coming in. I'm going to fill it in, and I'm going to stand against your attempts to come and still kill destroy. If that's you, I want you to know God says to you your work shall be rewarded. God promises you I will return your children back to the land of their assigned apportioned inheritance. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for your faithfulness. 
We thank you for your heart to save. Your heart to deliver. Your heart to restore. Your heart to reconcile. There are parents today in this building and in live, on, our, on live stream, Father, who need to know that their work will be rewarded, that their children will be returned back to the land of their inheritance. And I pray right now, Holy Spirit, empower, empower these parents to keep on believing, to keep on praying. I pray right now for those right now that are watching, who are away from you, that they would be drawn back to you, Lord. That they would realize there is no better place to be than at the Father's house. Under your protective care, Lord. I pray that they would be moved to return to you. The Father who loves them with an everlasting love. And I pray, Father, that you just continue your work through the Holy Spirit causing eyes to be open to the reality that we are sinners apart from you and also open our eyes to the reality there is only one who can save us that's Jesus the way, the truth, and the life that we would turn to him who says he who comes to me I will in no wise cast out Pray for that to happen. Hallelujah. If you're here or watching on live stream, and you need God in your life, I want to give you the opportunity to open up your heart to receive Him. Because only salvation, salvation can only be known through Him. God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son that whoever would believe on Him would not perish but have everlasting life. I want to encourage you to call on the Lord because that's what the scripture says. Whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. You need God in your life. You can have Him as your Lord and Savior. Just call. Say, Dear God, I need you. I'm far from you. I choose to draw near to you. Your word says, if I draw near to you, you will draw near to me. Forgive me for going astray. I turn back to you now. And I invite you to be my Lord and Savior. Thank you for receiving me anew into your family. I receive you into my heart through Jesus Christ.